Welcome back to our show. Welcome back, everybody. This is Twanda. And this is Rumel. Hey, Rumel. Hey, girl. Hey, how you doing? I am doing fabulous, as usual. I know. You look fabulous, too. <laughs> I see you from here. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm shining from, from afar. <laughs> Listen, hmm. I am super excited about our topic for today. Like, mm. I, I just can't wait to jump in. And we've got a fabulous guest that we've had here before. Yeah, she is not new to the show. She is actually our very first guest to the That's show. Right. Oh, there goes some uh, trivia. Yes. <laughs> yes. She was our very first guest almost two and a half years ago. Wow. That's so nice of her because yeah. this is her third time, to be honest, if we're you're doing trivia. Yeah. At all. Yeah. Let me just introduce who we're talking about so we don't keep you guessing. Yes. All right. Today, our guest is Althea Lawton Thompson. Hi, Althea. Greetings and salutations, my sisters. It's so good to be back with y'all. Yeah. We're over here just grinning. We just can't help it. We're enjoying uh, have just seeing you with us. Now, I want to tell everybody a little bit about you. So give me a second and let me tell them who you are, just in case they forgot. All right. Uh, International mind-body specialist Althea Lawton Thompson has hosted 25 healing retreats in, count them, eight different countries since 2011, ranking her retreats in the top five of wellness retreats. Can we get a clap for that? That's amazing. I mean, like, Ooh. I know, like, really? Okay. Okay. Yay! As a certified healing therapist, Althea has been highlighted in media outlets, including Mantra Yoga and Health, YogaPose.com, Essence Magazine, Black Boys OEM, Thrive Global, and Elephant Journal. A wife and mother of two grown sons, Althea currently resides in Atlanta and Chicago because homegirl can be in two places at once. I think that's how at it works. I don't know. I'm, we have to ask her about that. But, but she spends several weeks a year practicing indigenous healing modalities in Central and South America and Southeast Asia. So you can learn more about Althea and we're going to put these links in our show notes, but you can learn more at AltheaRetreats.com and you can see her online learning content at LLLUniversity.com. Welcome, Althea. Welcome. Thank you so much. That was a beautiful introduction, and I appreciate you both. Being everywhere all the time, all over the country. That's exciting. Oh, I'm sorry, Ramel. I'm not letting you get a word in, but I was just thinking back in the (laughs) beginning, we were so excited because there was a Bali retreat. And had it not been for the 20, mm. you know, what happened in 2020. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, she's shaking her head. <laughs> we didn't go, but we were so excited because, you know, we were putting our little monies together saying, we're going to go to Bali in 2020. That thing broke my heart, y'all. It broke my heart. We tried to go again in 2021 and Indonesia was still closed. They just opened their borders to other countries. So hopefully we're getting back to some some normality as we move through 2022. Yeah, we're praying for that. Absolutely. You have such a wide range of (laughs) expertise, but today we wanted to talk to Althea about plant medicine, right? Because I love plant medicine. I can't believe this is our topic. I'm so excited. (laughs) 
if you had said plant medicine to me two years ago, I might have just drawn a blank and it would be crickets and mm -hmm. I'd just blink at you. But Ramel called me the other night and she was like, girl, I'm watching this good show on Netflix. First of all, Ramel was on Netflix, y'all. Like, <laughs> right. you, should, you should write that down. You should write I was it like, down. how'd you somebody taught you how to get on Netflix? But anyway, she oh was watching a fantastic Fungi, fungi. How do you pronounce? That? Oh, I love that that um, documentary is so so good. Yes, so and good. and it and and part of the the discussion on mushrooms had to do with magic mushrooms mm -hmm. and um, and really just the use of mushrooms in health and and I was it was it was fascinating. But they used the term plant medicine, and Ramel and I were talking. We've heard people reference. Uh, plant medicine quite a bit these days. Yeah. And I'm glad to see that it's making a resurgence because it was really a hot topic in the fifties and sixties, all the way through the seventies, very legal and used in um, medicinal settings, hospitals, college level research was being done on them. And when the war on drugs began, it's like, it kind of disappeared became very taboo. And that's why, Twanda, when you say, you know, if you had said plant medicine to me two years ago, I might have drawn a blank. Even when I say it now, particularly to people of color, um, plant medicine, they think I'm talking about herbs, like, you know, mm -hmm. some dandelion tea or some hibiscus tea. Mm -hmm. And those are in the plant medicine family because it's medicine. It is holistic and it is healing. But we are specifically talking about psychoactive plants. When I thought plant medicine, I was thinking weed. <laughs> I mean, and, I'm and sorry. that is a plant medicine as well. Okay, okay, oh, okay, okay. But so is there? Okay, never mind. But you said you said it's psychoactive. Is that what you said? That is correct. That means that these are plants that have properties in them. In magic mushrooms, psilocybin. Mm -hmm. In ayahuasca, DMT. That's the same thing that you see sometimes in LSD and acid, but those are synthetic. What okay. we're talking about are, are entheogens. That means they are naturally occurring in nature. They grow on their mm -hmm. own without anybody doing anything and have been growing for centuries out of Mother Earth. So DMT naturally occurring in ayahuasca, um, mescaline which occurs in cacti, um, peyote and San Pedro, also known as Wachuma, and um, ibogaine, which is the psychoactive property in iboga, which is an African bush. And it's the root that is consumed. And that's what has gives people a psychoactive journey. Okay. So, so yeah. go ahead, Tom. There I, you go. I, you go. So I'm okay. First of all, I need to tell the audience that I will not be transcribing any part of this episode. <laughs> I can't spell any of this stuff. So, you know, <laughs> just rewind and listen again. But I wanted to know plant medicine is just is different from recreational drugs, right? So, so when we use the word drugs, that right there is what gets us into the confusion. And that's why I said the war on drugs has really done a disservice, particularly in the Black community. Mm -hmm. um, and I won't talk about why, but just particularly in the Black community, why these things become so taboo. So as soon as we put the word drug on something, it's going to have a negative connotation. Right. If we stick to the actual scientific terminology, entheogens 
naturally occurring psychoactive substances that grow on their own. The only way that humans even knew that this happened was in observing animals in nature. So if a bear eats something and starts running around in circles and then lays on its back and kicks its legs in the air, the humans thousands of years ago want to investigate what did it eat to do that? What's causing birds to swoop and flip on their back and be so happy and then get up two hours later and fly away. So that's how, um, you know, humans found out that these, these plants naturally have psychoactive properties. They are not drugs. Drugs are things that typically are synthetically made Mm -hmm. and then are sold and they have different purposes. The five plant medicines that I mentioned are ones that are used for journeying and they're used for healing physically, mentally, and emotionally. Ceremonially, some people use them to heal spiritually. And that is what many indigenous cultures around the world have done with the five that I mentioned for centuries, since the beginning of many of these cultures being But because we're so detached from our backgrounds here in the United States, particularly people of color, we don't remember what the roots that our grandmothers and great grandmothers and great great grandmothers used to cure us. We just know we had a cold. We went to grandmama's house. Mm -hmm. She went in the backyard. She cut something out the ground, something she was growing. She boiled it on the stove. She smeared it on your chest. You didn't like the way it smelled. And you were back up and outside playing the next day. (laughs) The next day. Am I telling the truth right now? You are telling the truth. (laughs) Okay. That's plant medicine. So these really are not different with the exception that they are they are mind altering or psychoactive. So when you say mind altering, what does that mean? Like in terms of these plants, what do you, I, or maybe like what is part of the journey? I'm not sure how to ask what I'm It's what a great I'm question. I know exactly what you mean. Okay. So every plant operates a little bit differently because they are unique and they mm-hmm. do have different properties. And I think it would probably be a good idea if I broke down what each of them are, because it's hard to talk about them all together because they're different. Okay. I mentioned that there's two that are cacti. Mm -hmm. There is a flower in the peyote plant that is used to create a pellet. And then Wachuma is also a kind of long, thin cactus that actually looks like a penis, quite frankly. Um, (laughs) And so those I two have that word to come in this episode. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, my, okay. my just throw it in there. We're penis randomly for no good reason. Um, but those those two um, are you? They grow naturally in Mexico, Southwest America, and the Native American Church is legally able to serve peyote and wachuma in their churches here in the United States. So it's something they do every week. It's something they serve to children. It's not the the way we perceive things is just so, so different than other cultures. And so microdosing that is a way for them to connect to the spirit world. Mm-hmm. But when I say mind altering, you can see colors and maybe your spirit energy connects with the spirit energy of the hawk and That's what happens, okay, with Mm -hmm. peyote and wachuma. Very earthy. When people assign gender to the plants, they give those two a masculine gender. Mm, Okay. 
Ibogaine, Iboga, is an African bush that grows in West Africa and Central Africa. The root of it has been used indigenously by cultures that are in Gabon, Cameroon, and like the Congo and that area. And women will microdose Iboga when they're pregnant so that their babies can be connected to the ancestral world. They will continue to microdose it when they're lactating and nursing so that their babies can still be connected to the spirit world. And as a rites of passage, it's used with men and women with elders around them because these cultures believe in being connected to God, to their spirits, to their angels, and to their ancestors. And this is the way that they do it. Okay, so this this sounds like... Well, definitely sounds nothing Western. I can can tell that this doesn't Mm -hmm. sound Western at all. But we do have a sense of wanting to connect with God. Absolutely. Christians want to be like Jesus. So it it doesn't feel far off. It is not. None of this sounds familiar. I I don't know anybody who has, you know, you you talked about grandma, you know, maybe gone and and got got something, but then it might've been dandelion tea, you know, so this this is very, um, this is very different. So yeah. And it's very ritualistic. So in the indigenous cultures that use these things, it's, it's not something you just, you know, Rumel mentioned marijuana, Mm -hmm. you know, we recreationally just puff some marijuana and oh, we high and ooh, that music. And we get in these deep conversations that really aren't that deep, but we think they're deep, right? Because <laughs> we're high in marijuana. But this is different. You know, a lot of these, these medicines are moved with music. Mm-hmm. They're moved with dance. Altars are built. Prayer happens. You're not doing it to get high. You're doing it on purpose to connect to your spiritual self, to your past lives, to your mission and why you're here on this earth and who you're connected to familially or with animals in nature. And so it really does become quite beautiful. But when we talk about the medical system, they recognize that these these plants very quickly break addictions to alcohol, drugs, food, very quickly help with PTSD and traumas in ways that therapy can't do in years one series of a psilocybin mushroom session or two days with ibogaine and iboga in a capsule form with a doctor and you on a you know blood pressure cuff making sure that you're okay and you get up in three to six months you don't have a craving at all for something you've been addicted to for 20 years So that's why I said that you're hearing so much more about it now because the medical community is very open to these plants. I did want to just quickly talk about ayahuasca because I think that one has become so, so popular now that Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith have mentioned them both on on Red Table Talks. Is that what it's called? Table Red Talks? Red Red Table Talks, right? And then Will mentioned it in his biography. And then he's also talked about journeying with ayahuasca during some interviews. Mm -hmm. Ayahuasca is known to be grandmother, very feminine, very loving, but like a grandmother that might be scolding a grandchild, will check you and might knock you down a little bit. But when you come out of the journey, 
you are so aware and present and you are able to address issues and challenges in your life that you might not have been able to address for 20, 30, 40 years. Traumas with family members, with friends, molestation, addictions. I mean, pains that really therapy. Deeply rooted. Yes, yes, yes. Therapy is kind of chipping away at it, but that ayahuasca is a, as a vine because it is a vine that comes from the Amazon in South America. It, it has a way of kind of connecting you to your past lives and to the people that you're related to in a very healing way. So this is interesting because you, you seem to say each different plant seems to have different abilities. Some are masculine, some they are feminine. Do. I don't really mm-hmm. quite understand, but I'm going to take your word for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how that works. And they seem to have these different capabilities. And when you describe it, it's like, why can't we have this here? Like, why is it, why would it be illegal? Well, there are some states where it's not illegal. And that's the point. That's why I said it's truly making a comeback in the 2000s. So in Oregon, for instance, all of these are absolutely legal, not decriminalized, legal. Got it. In six countries or countries in six states, they're decriminalized. Now, when you say legal, that is that like legal for doctors to use or like I mean legal for you to use, for me to use. It is legal. It's like going to the corner store and picking up some beer or in Colorado going to the dispensary and getting marijuana. It is legal. Okay. In Oregon, okay. New, New Jersey, Massachusetts, um, Michigan, California, Colorado. I think we got some lis- listeners in all those places, Ramel. Yes. Yeah, which is so exciting. They they probably would want to do some research on this. They're decriminalized mm-hmm. in those cities. So that means just like their marijuana is decriminalized in a lot of cities here in the U.S. where it's not yet legal you won't be thrown in jail. You, you know, might Mm -hmm. be slapped on the hand if you're caught with it, especially if you're not selling it, you're not distributing it, but you're using it for your own healing. And I think that that really is a, a positive way forward. But here's the main thing. When you have research hospitals like Johns Hopkins Hospital, university hospitals, microdosing psilocybin, ayahuasca, ibogaine, for their psychiatric patients and for their clients and patients with addictions and cancer. And they're saying, look at how efficacious it is. It is only a matter of time before it will be legal like marijuana. The same way that we see the property of THC being so helpful for people. Now we understand CBD and THC. Mm -hmm. What I'm talking about right now in two to five years, everybody will know those properties the same way we understand THC and CBD now. Wow. I have so many questions. I really do. <laughs> I'm trying to keep them all in my brain so that I can ask them all. But um, okay, Althea, so we you keep mentioning journeying, right? Mm-hmm. Can mm-hmm. you explain that process? Like what, I mean, I know it's going to be different. I'm assuming it's going to be different depending on the medicine, but- mm-hmm. Can you just kind of walk us through what does that mean? Yeah, I will let you know. I've only experientially journeyed with three of them, psilocybin mushroom, ibogaine, and ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
have been studying, researching, and experimenting with those three since 2019. So the journey is very similar for um, ayahuasca and iboga in that you consume it in doses over a period of time. Both iboga and ayahuasca are done in the evening. They're nighttime medicines. They work better at night. So starting about six or seven with ayahuasca, you would drink a brewed tea that has ayahuasca and other plants that help to release the DMT, which is the psychoactive element in ayahuasca, into your system. And then um, you begin to possibly purge, which means you could either regurgitate or have a bowel movement. It doesn't happen uncontrollably. You know it's going to happen. And you're able to go to the bathroom and take care of it, but it's removing toxins from your body that you don't need. That's Mm -hmm. why you regurgitate and have bowel movements. Then you begin to see things. Uh, For me, I have seen my great grandmother. I have seen my mother-in-law, people that are deceased and have transitioned. You can hear spirits. Some people say God. Jesus, Allah, just depending, I guess, on their faith. I have seen Ganesha. I've seen the, mm. the elephant face of Ganesh with half a tusk, the whole thing. And they have talked to me and given me messages. Sacred geometry is something mm. that you'll see. You'll see um, triangles and circles and numbers and equations. I journeyed recently and I was able to see hieroglyphics on the walls of a pyramid that um, people were doing. You will see your past lives. I've seen myself as it looked like a short Hispanic woman plowing fields with other women. So just a really amazing journey. Um, And sometimes you see colors and you see shapes, but many times you're healing something from the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And Iboga worked very much the same way. The difference with Iboga is that you typically lose control of your muscles. So you're not able to sit up, stand up or walk without assistance. I didn't have that happen to me, which was interesting. Everybody else that I journeyed with was not able to stand up or walk. And I was able to walk and talk to people. So it was really strange. But Iboga, because it's a root gets to the root of you. So you go into you and your ancestry, whereas ayahuasca is a vine. So it's kind of like, you notice I said my Mm mother-in-law, that like other people that you're connected to might pop up when you're in ayahuasca. Psilocybin mushroom is really lovely because it's like a grid. So it's your connection to life, you know, Mm -hmm. plants and trees and the earth and all natural things, but again, a lot of sacred geometry because of the connection to everything. Gotcha. So that that's kind of what a journey is. It usually lasts, I would say you, you'd you get into it about 8 p.m. and finish somewhere around three or four in the morning. And there's always facilitators that are able to kind of help you to the bathroom or help you with blankets to cover up or bring you a little something to drink. And you don't take the the tea or in the case of iboga, it's a it's a root, it's a, like a dry powder, and you eat it off a spoon or you take it in a capsule form. And then psilocybin mushroom, many people you know eat shrooms, so you could eat the dried mushroom as it is. You could chop it up and brew it into a tea. 
Some people make it into a chocolate and they eat the chocolate. So there's lots of ways to consume mushroom. And then, as I said, with the cacti, they're made into little pellets and you just swallow the pellet. And so you would do a little dose around seven or eight and you journey for an hour, two hours, and then you have the option. They'll say, hey, is there anyone who feels like you need to go a little further? And you raise your hand and you get a little more tea or another pellet or another spoonful. And so the facilitators are constantly watching you. They're singing, they're playing instruments, and the songs move the medicine. The songs move the medicine. So yes. the medicine without the songs, eh, not the same experience. You journey, you journey, but the med- the music controls the, the medicine. So mm. Iboga comes from Africa, so the songs are... The, if it's from the Bwiti people, it's Bwiti people singing Bwiti music. And when the music is high, you're moving fast. And when the music is slow and low, you're coming down and you're like, thank God it's over. And then they play a fast song. You're like, oh my God, we're back up again. <laughs> so the music moves the, the medicine. Okay. You mentioned that there were places where the uh, mm-hmm. You can just buy, you can just buy um, these plant medicines, but based on what you just described there, I wouldn't not. do that. I, you know, I would yeah, rather have not, like yeah. what you said, someone you absolutely who is should not. walking you through the process and singing yeah, the song. There should be a facilitator. There should be a ceremony leader and there should be a facilitator. And in the case of psilocybin mushroom, because it's not a ceremonial plant, Mm-hmm. There should be maybe a medical professional that's kind of taking you through because people don't all understand dosaging. Right. You know, you just sit down, start eating some mushroom. Like you probably should weigh it. You need to know how many grams it is. You, mm-hmm. I mean, you could have a real serious trip if you take like five, six grams of mushrooms all at one time. Yeah. Yeah. That also makes me wonder are there people who should not take it or should steer away from it? Excellent question. Most of the medicines with the exception of psilocybin mushroom will not be served to people who are on medications like antidepressants, anti-anxiety, medications for um, bipolar disorder. Any medications like that will interact in a not so positive way with those the the antheogens with the exception of psilocybin psilocybin still is not recommended to be taken in conjunction with those things however the worst that could happen in that case at least what's been researched is that somebody kind of has a bad trip right like Mm -hmm. oh i'm having a bad trip but with something like psilocybin it could cause like heart problems or an elevated Mm -hmm. heart rate So you really want to be careful about that. It is very important to be pre-screened by someone that really understands how the plant moves in relationship to synthetic drugs and um, to be very, very honest. So if you are listening and you're thinking about going to Peru or Colombia or Gabon, Cameroon or the Congo or, you know, just wherever you might choose to go, even Oregon. Make sure that you're very honest about the medications you're taking, any health issues that you have, and ask as many questions as possible um, of your ceremony leaders and facilitators. Althea, you said 
You talked about all the things plant medicine can help with, and it sounds like something that, that would help with bipolar, with depression, Absolutely. with anxiety, everything that you said people who are on medications for it shouldn't do. That that feels like they're miss they would have they would be missing out on an opportunity that is greater than the medicine that um, our Western culture is providing. Is there mm-hmm. a recourse for those folks? Yeah, great question. Thank you. What is recommended is that somebody wean themselves from the medication they're taking under medical mm-hmm. direction mm-hmm. for a period of at least two weeks. And if they're able to safely wean for two weeks and still operate in a safe fashion in their daily lives, they would be able to sit with the medicine. Mm -hmm. And then once the medicine ceremony is complete, wait another two to four weeks, depending on which plant they're taking with Iboga, everything is four to six weeks. Do not take anything for four to six weeks. It's probably the strongest of the five that I've named. Mm -hmm. But for the other ones, waiting about two to four weeks, you would be able to slowly reintroduce your medication if you felt it was necessary. What the research has indicated for ibogaine, iboga, which is the African bushroot, people who have had lengthy addictions to alcohol and drugs will not feel a craving for three to six months. But at the end of that six month period, the craving might come back. So they really believe that having therapy along with it, a mental health professional or mm-hmm. someone who really understands the, the plant and um, psychology, psychiatry, continue to work with the person during that three to month, three to six month period, because when the craving comes back, you need to have changed habits, the people you hang around, the things you do, uh, because it's, it's not a fix by itself. We have to do the work. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there were a couple things I heard in there. One, it's best not to do this medicine by yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I heard, I, yeah. And I, I just wanted, I wanted to say it again, because like you said, Althea, this is widely available in Oregon and in these other places. And I think people are making They keep hearing plant medicine or shrooms or whatever, and they're embarking in this without understanding it. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to say that again, is that this is not something that you should be doing by yourself. You should be engaging a professional who understands what is to be expected. And then the other thing is, is if you are have, if you're dealing with mental health issues and on medication, you should be working with a medical professional to help you both get off and back on if necessary. This is not something to embark on by yourself. I just wanted to reiterate Mm -hmm. those things that you said, but I still see the benefit in it, especially when we're talking about things that are long term um, has been, you know, weighing us down as people you know, mm-hmm. and having an opportunity to um, work through those things. Speeding through therapy was the thing that that I heard <laughs> Althea say that I was like, that, sounds, that makes a lot of sense. You know, when you have something, a capability that could have a benefit like that, I can imagine that a lot of people 
would be interested in finding out, well, how can I have this experience? I think some mm -hmm. people will probably say, yeah, so I'm staying away from that. That, that sounds scary. Mm -hmm. But I, right. I imagine that some other people would say, wow, I wonder how I could have that experience. How can I travel? I don't know, maybe Peru and go get an experience like that. You know, what can mm -hmm. you tell them about where they can go and safely have a journey? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing I'll do is plug this little free seminar mm -hmm. that I have available online that people can go to at any time. It's a pre-recorded live educational seminar about all of the plants where I really break down the pharmacology of it and give some really great resources to medical links where you can find out where is a reliable resource, where is a reliable pharmacy that will give me information about this. And so it's at lluniversity.com and the LLL stands for living life limitlessly. So if people just go to that and scroll to the bottom, it says free plant medicine workshop. And it's only about 30 minutes long, lots of slides, very informative, lots of pictures because I get bored easily. So pictures <laughs> that you can see all the plants and how things are administered and a little Q&A at the end. And then, of course, in there, there are links for reputable resources. What was your other question, Tawanda? Did I answer? Sure if people <laughs> wanted to have uh, a journey, wanted to go through a ceremony mm -hmm. and go through it, where could they go uh, to get resources for that? And yeah. then I wanted to know, how do you know so much about this? I'm so glad you asked that. So <laughs> I went to, I don't even know where I went, y'all. I went someplace. And you go so many places. I, go, I, I was someplace. I don't even know what I was doing there. And people started talking about shamans and they just kept saying shaman this and shaman that. Mm -hmm. So I started doing some Google research on shamans. And every time I would see like a shaman here in the U.S., it was a young, and I'm just going to be honest, it was a young white woman or man out in California somewhere. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't resonate with the history of shamanism, which I was seeing indigenous people right. and other countries, Native American or Mexican or Central American or South American. And they were doing things with instruments and it was always outside and very natural and with the elements and with animals. And I was really intrigued just as a nature lover. Mm -hmm. And so I started researching and reading about these plant medicines and it sounded scary as hell. And I was like, I'm not doing that. I'm good. I am one of those people that you were just talking about. <laughs> I'm not wow. doing that. These people are talking about falling out and throwing up and that's not what I'm doing. Okay, I'm too cute for that. So I just let the whole thing go. I didn't even think about it anymore. And I uh, ended up at Gathering of the Shamans in Sedona with a friend. And it was really beautiful. And again, people were talking about this plant medicine and, you know, how they were shamans. And I picked up somebody's book. And in the book, he really detailed how he and his wife did this journey in Peru in the mountains. And I thought, oh, this all sounds so wonderful, but I'm not going to Peru and I'm not doing that. And that was like 2018, I think maybe, or 2019. <laughs> and then a friend went to Rhythmia. Rhythmia is a ayahuasca facility in Costa Rica. It's very popular, very famous now. 
and they have doctors on staff. They have therapists on staff. You have to do a lot of pre-screening and a friend from FAMU went. How did FAMU just get thrown in here again? I'm just trying to tell y'all it's always a Rattler connection in this situation. Okay, That's right. That's right. Now we still got FAMU. Okay. Well, that's what had happened. What happens like that? That's the truth. I'm okay with that. the devil. Okay. So my friend, my Rattler friend, the orange and green, he was bleeding orange and green, came back from Costa Rica and said that he knew he needed to call me and I had to go to Costa Rica. And I was like, the devil is a liar. No, I don't. I'm not going. And I told him no. And he said, but you don't understand, Thea. I think you're supposed to do this. And he didn't know I had researched it. He didn't know I'd been to gathering of the shamans. He didn't know I knew anything about it. Just out of the blue, he said, the plant medicine told me you need to do this. And he called my husband and told my husband, because my husband and he are friends and said, this is what happened to me in Costa Rica. And I got the message that Thea needs to do this. Can you please convince her to go with me to Costa Rica in August? And my husband said, I think you should go. Wow. And that is how I ended up in 2019 in the rainforest. <laughs> And she's hug. like i can't i still can't believe i did that <laughs> i mean and I, we did so much there there's so many other medicines we did combo which is a frog poison that's put on the skin we did sananga which is plant medicine that's put in your eyes we did um rape which is a tobacco tobacco <laughs> that's blown up your nose i mean we went you went, you went from went zero all to in. 100 in two seconds. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I was like, what in the hell? Somebody come get me. But after the second day, I absolutely understood why the plant called me. And that's what happens. You don't say, I'm going to go do plant medicine. Plant medicine makes it so easy for you. You were called to it. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened for him to come out of the blue and say, you have to do this. The medicine told me you have to do this. And he called my husband and my husband said, yeah, and it just happened to work out. <laughs> the um, you know, it just, it couldn't be much easier. And so that was the door opening. And since then I've been to Peru and um, Mexico and had a chance to really go in and explore these other plants in a very deep way. So you learned, you got a real hands-on experience and then Mm -hmm. just felt like I'm going to teach other people. Yes. And so that's what I've been doing. I have been training as a facilitator for the last um, year, a little over a year. And I've been helping to hold ceremonies for people to hold space. I don't serve the medicine. I let the ceremony leaders and the indigenous people that are native to these plants serve, but because I've journeyed um, enough and just, you know, spiritually am connected to individuals and nature and the plant, I'm able to hold space and help others with their journey. Mm-hmm. Wow. I think that's fantastic. You know what? I did not know that story, Althea. <laughs> I did not know that story. So I'm so glad you shared that. That is <laughs> I mean, like, so if you, if, if someone like myself, or me, um, who, or Tawanda, I know, because now I'm all interested. I know, right? (laughs) 
one, you know, hearing this, saying, hmm, is, is this for me? Do you, would you give them a suggestion? Give me a suggestion how I figure out, like, I heard this is I was paying attention to Ramel. She said, it's going to call you. It's going to call. It'll it's be call so you, but- easy. It will be so easy. It, it's almost like if you say no, it doesn't make sense. It makes okay. sense to say yes. So, let, okay, here's an example, right? Mm-hmm. August 8th through the 14th, I am holding an ayahuasca retreat in Peru. Mm-hmm. Seven days. Now there's mm-hmm. people listening on here and somebody's like, child, let me check my calendar. Now mm. somebody would have to be listening to this podcast. Right. Then they'd have to look at their calendar. Mm-hmm. Then they'd have to say, oh my God, I'm actually available. They would have to say, you know what? My budget allows me to do this. You know what? I'm very interested in this. You know what? I'm really healthy. Okay. I can do this. You know what? I've been studying this for the last three years, and I really wanted to do it with some Black people. Because every time I look on YouTube and Netflix, it's nothing but white people doing this. But I really wanted to sit with people who look like me and maybe, you know, people who speak my language and play music that I want to hear. That's what I mean when I say it's just too easy. It called Uh. you. Okay. That means the medicine was for you. I didn't literally pick up the phone and say, hey, so-and-so, come with me to Peru. But trust me, there are some people that I have done that with mm-hmm. because I know that they're supposed to sit with this medicine. Right, right. Thank you for that because that that actually crossed me over. I, I'm, I'm with you now. Okay. I'm with you now. Thank, Thank you for you. keeping up, Ramel. I appreciate it. Girl, you know what? I'm going to get you. <laughs> I know, I know. I have the safety of Zoom on my side. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, Twan, do you have any more things to ask? I feel like I got I got everything. Oh, um, let's see. Is there Uh, anything out there that you would like to promote? Uh, I I heard one thing about one example about August the sixth or something in Peru. Is that real? This is really happening. It is a real thing. Mm -hmm. It is called a sacred ayahuasca retreat. It is available on Althea retreats. And we're going to have an information session, a zoom free open to any and everybody who wants to come on it on March 6th, Mm -hmm. March 6th. And so people can register for the zoom at althearetreats.com and um, just show up. You don't even have to be on camera. If you just too embarrassed, you know, <laughs> I, I don't want anyone to see me, but I do want to know about ayahuasca. You can come on, you can put all your questions in the chat. And what we'll do is we'll first talk about the medicine, how it works, um, answer all medical questions, who would be a good candidate for it. And then we'll talk about traveling to Peru. Um, what is required in terms of travel insurance, COVID test, uh, passport information and where the event will be held. It's in Terrapoto, Peru. So some people may want to know geographically where exactly is it and what does mm-hmm. it include and how much does it cost? So I, I, that's the only thing I, w- I would really want to talk about right now. And I appreciate you for asking. Thank you. <laughs> Happy. Awesome. Hey, we're just so excited that you came here today and shed light on plant medicine. We had so many questions Mm -hmm. and, you know, just wanting to know and talking back and forth with each other. And that was you with all that information. And you know, I'm really glad that you all invited me on to talk about this because many times I feel like we as 
Black people and particularly Black American women, we tend to be a little bit late to the game on things that other people do. And I'm going to be very honest with you. I have sat with many ceremony leaders. I have sat with women from Spain and Germany, Africa, the U.S. I have sat with male leaders. Every one of them has said medicine moves differently in people of color. Medicine moves different in people who have an African foundation. Medicine moves differently in Black women. And I have seen it for myself. What I'm telling you is we have a connection to this medicine in a powerful, powerful way. And other people can see it. Other cultures can see it. All genders can see it. I don't want us to continue being the last one to know about something and the last one to experiment with something. Mm -hmm. This, I'm just glad that you're bringing this to people because I promise you two to three years, it is not going to be something foreign and something to fear. It's going to be very normal. Wow. I'm excited because I think it's going to offer people a lot of healing that we have not been able. I mean, there are a lot of people who are hurting. Mm-hmm. And, and and we treat each other through our hurt. But if yeah. we can heal that hurt, imagine how it heals everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really exciting. I want to be like Oprah. You get ayahuasca. You get ayahuasca. You get ayahuasca. We're going to heal the world. We're going to heal the world. That's right. And it all starts right here, right? That's right. Uh, Get it here first. Thank you so much, Althea, (laughs) for your wealth of information and wisdom and for the laughs. We appreciate you coming back and and giving us your presence. And thank both of you. Thank you, Tawanda. Thank you, Rumel. It's always a pleasure to be here. I hope I do something like completely different so I can come back and talk again. I just like to keep coming. Thank you for for saying that. (laughs) <laughs> we have no problems having you back on. That's no right. problems at all. Always a pleasure to be with you and to talk with your listening audience. Well, thank you. Well, we hope that our listeners got so much out of talking with Althea. I mean, seriously, How she is, I mean, like, she is like a gem and the gems are rare. And so we're so fortunate to have her. You're welcome. I mean, seriously, we're so fortunate to have her as a resource and as a friend of the podcast. And so we hope that you'll listen, pass this on along to somebody else. Um, So until next time to our listeners, peace and and blessings. blessings. Thanks for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Girl Podcast. That's girl with three R's. And if you want to participate in our segment, Ask Your Girlfriends, email us at girlpodcast at gmail.com. That's girl with three R's. (laughs) So until next time, peace Peace and and blessings. blessings.